everybody. Good morning, and thank you so much for joining us today. We're really glad you're here with us. You know, you probably don't know the name Dr. Robert Pluchik, but in his day, he was a leading expert in emotions. In fact, Dr. Pluchik uh, graduated from Columbia University, studied psychology, had a, a lengthy practice. He went on to be a professor at Albert Einstein College of Medicine and the University of South Florida. He'd written 260 articles, eight different books, but Pluchik is most known for what is called Pluchik's Wheel of Emotion. It's a diagram in which he puts together this complex system of emotions and helps us understand them. And really in his mind, there are four major areas that have polar opposites. For example, if you look at Pluchik's wheel, you'll see on one side that there's fear and anxiety and worry. But in his mind, the opposite of fear is anger. Now, if you remember last week, we talked about God's answer, answer to fear, anxiety, and worry. And so today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about anger. So how are you doing with your anger? You know, anger is all around us. I mean, it really per permeates every part of our society. You see it in politics all the time. You see it in sports all the time. You see it online for sure with people blowing each other up with harsh comments and, and angry words. Uh, it seems to be getting more and more a part of our culture. In fact, there's a guy named Oliver Berkman who's writing for The Guardian, and he wrote an article called The Age of Rage. Are we living in angrier times? And this is what he said. He said, we've built a world that's extremely good at generating causes for anger, but extremely bad at giving us anything constructive to do with it. So how are you dealing with your anger? You know, since this COVID-19 outbreak, people are angry. They're angry because what's happened to them. They're angry because something's uh, not being done. They're angry because they're losing their livelihood. They're angry for a lot of reasons. In fact, just recently, NBC uh, reported an uptick uh, in domestic abuse cases because you have people at home, they're confined at home, the kids are at home, frustrated and boiling over. It is a very explosive environment. Anger is a very real thing. And so we're gonna talk about what is God's view of anger and how we should handle this emotion within us. So I want you to get your Bible out, open it up with me uh, to Ephesians chapter 4. That's where we're going to be today, Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 26. All right, are you with me? All right, let's read it together. Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and don't give the devil an opportunity. All right, if you're just looking at this passage, I know it's just two, two verses, but boy, they are power-packed. I want you to write in the margin of your Bible this thought. Okay, here it is. You either get a hold of your anger or your anger will get a hold of you. You either get a hold of your anger or your anger is going to get a hold of you. You either control your anger or your anger will control you. You either get a grip on your anger or your anger will get a grip on you. Anger is one of these things that you cannot leave to itself, that you've got to master it. You've got to get a hold of it. And that's really what this passage is talking about. In fact, if you look, just look again right there at the verse that we just read, you'll notice that there are three don'ts there. He says, don't sin in your anger. Uh, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And, and don't give the devil an opportunity. 
So really what we're talking about today are the do's and don'ts of anger management, okay? And uh, how do we manage this anger that we feel that you may be feeling right this morning or this afternoon or tomorrow? How are you going to deal with this anger? So let me give you a couple of things to think about. Here's the first thing I want you to jot down. Don't sin in your anger. Don't sin in your anger. Look at verse 26. Be angry, he says, and do not sin. Now, the first thing I want you to understand is that anger is not a sin in and of itself. To feel angry is not a sin unto itself. It's an emotion that God has given us, right? And, and there are different kinds of anger. For example, the Bible talks about a righteous anger. That's, that's being angry at the things that God's angry about. You, you see this even in Jesus when he was angry at the hard hearts of the Pharisees or he's angry at how they abused people or angry at how they took advantage of the innocent. These types of things well up within us when we see it happen in our society and we're angry about it. That's a righteous anger. But there's also what we would call a sinful anger. And that's in the world that you and I live in. Right? That's when things don't go our way. We're angry because uh, the, the, the waitress didn't get our order right. Or we're angry because the project didn't turn out the way we wanted. We're angry because the kids didn't do what we told them to do. We're angry because we're behind the wheel and there's a traffic jam ahead of us. We're angry for a lot of reasons. We're angry because our spouse said something that hurt our feelings. We're angry for a lot of reasons in our life. That's the kind of anger that is destructive. And he said, in your anger, don't sin. In other words, what you need to understand is that understand the danger of anger. That anger is really dangerous. It's really toxic. And it can destroy us in so many different ways. You know, when you think about different ways that people process anger, I think that there are two ways that people deal with their anger that is destructive. The first one is the people who explode in their anger, all right? They're, they're the explosive people. They're, this is the volcano, right, person. This is a person that, man, they just, they get angry and they voice it and they explode and there's shrapnel all over the place and people are ducking for cover. You know the kind of person, right? Everybody's walking on eggshells around. They're totally explosive in the things that they do. This explosive anger, the Greek word for that is the word thumas. It means wrath or rage, this explosive, dynamic anger that people oftentimes express. And listen, if you live with somebody like that, it's hard to live in the house with them. It's hard to deal with them because you never know. You never know when they're going to go off. You never know what's going to set them off. And everyone walks around with this sense of foreboding gloom that, that they're going to just lose it again and everybody hides for cover. That's so dangerous. In fact, the Bible warns us against this kind of explosive anger. It says this in, in Proverbs 29, 11, a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise person holds it in check. It's foolish to blow up. It's foolish to give full vent to your anger. A wise person knows how to hold it in check and to control and get a hold of his anger or her anger. So explosiveness is one way that, that people uh, deal with their anger in a, in a destructive way. Another way is, is when people implode because of anger. I don't know if you remember this, but 
couple of uh, months ago, there's this big deal about this building in Dallas that they were trying to implode, and everything fell down, I think, but the uh, elevator shaft, so it was still up, but it was kind of leaning, and so they started calling it the Leaning Tower of Dallas. Remember that? And people were, were going over there and trying to get their picture made with it. Finally, they had to implode it and knock the whole thing down. But this whole idea of imploding anger is an anger that turns inward. It turns in on oneself, right? And that can be destructive too. Now, these people that have this kind of anger, they're kind of self-righteous. Well, I didn't blow up. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't spew it out. I didn't do that. Yeah, but you're turning it inward. And that is even, even more toxic, even more destructive. You know why? Because when you choke down your anger and you stuff it inside, that anger turns to resentment and it turns to bitterness. And bitterness has a terrible effect, a toxic effect on our lives. You know, we're really warned against imploding our anger within us. Um, Psalm 73, verse 21 and 22 says this, when my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. This kind of internalized anger is the Greek word orge, which, which means a steady, controlled, internal anger that doesn't go out. You know how you know you have this kind of anger? When somebody brings up someone's name and just hearing their name, all of a sudden your, your gut turns inside of you. All of a sudden something boils up within you and you've been holding this rage and this bitterness and this, this anger at that person for a long, long, long time. Listen, these, these two th uh, things, uh, either thumos or orge, either explosive anger or internalized anger, they're toxic. They will kill you and they will kill relationships around you. So you gotta understand, uh, don't, don't let your anger cause you to sin. Instead, you need to be self-aware. Okay, how do I deal with my anger? Well, am I an explosive person or I'm an implosive person? How am I dealing with that? Uh, and to be aware that, you know, this anger, if I don't handle this right, can lead me to sin and lead to destructive things in my own life. So the first thing he said is don't, don't uh, sin in your anger. Here's the second thing I want you to jot down. Don't ignore your anger. He says, don't ignore your anger. Look, don't let the sun go down on your anger, verse 26. You know, over 15 times the Bible talks about anger as a fire, right? It's a, it's a great illustration, anger as a fire. Now, I'm a guy. I like a fire pit, man. I love something about guys in a fire pit. We just love that. We love fire. And fire is awesome as long as it is controlled. But man, when it's out of control, it is destructive. I remember a friend telling me one time that he had this big brush pile on his property. And he said it looked like all the conditions were right for him to burn this brush pile. And he said, as soon as I lit the flame and threw it on there, the wind blew up. And he said that this brush pile just shot up flames, you know, way up in the sky and started to spread, started to catch on trees around it. And he said he was frantic grabbing shovels and brooms and whatever he could grab. It took him hours to knock out this raging fire. And it, it, it could have burned his house down. It could have burned everything down. Listen, that is a picture of what anger is like. Anger uncontrolled. Anger left to itself will burn up everything in your life. You hear me? It'll burn up the things that matter most to you. 
It, it'll burn up your, your marriage. It'll burn up your relationship with your kids. It'll burn up your career. It, it'll, it'll set to flame all the hopes and goals that you have in your life. Anger can torch it. And by the way, some of you have been burned by somebody. You grew up with an angry dad. And, and still today, there's a lot of inflicted wounds on your heart because of his anger. You're growing with an angry mom or, or some other relationship. Listen, anger cannot be ignored. It's a fire. And you cannot let it spread. You can't ignore it. So what do you do when you're angry? How do you, how do you deal with it? Well, instead of ignoring it, you deal with it. Okay? You've got to deal with your anger. Now, let me give you a couple of ways that you can deal with your anger, and these are going to sound contradictory, but they're really not contradictory, okay? So just hang with me. Uh, first, you deal with it quickly, and then you deal with it slowly, okay? So let me explain. First, you deal with it quickly. What, what does that mean? Well, Paul says right here in this passage, he says, uh, do not let the sun go down on your anger. In other words, deal with it right away. We call this at our house a 24-hour rule. You got 24 hours from the offense to make this right. So what does that mean? Instead of just letting it go internal or instead of, you know, kicking the dog, you know, and acting all out to everybody else, just deal with the problem. Go to that person and say, hey, that upset me. Hey, I didn't like that. Let's talk about this. Let's deal with this problem. Let's handle it and do it early. Do it quickly. Do it within 24 hours. Don't let it go on. I, you know, when Liz and I were first married, we, we took this verse very literally. I mean, I remember staying up till two in the morning, you know, trying to bang out an answer. And, and what I think we've come to is this. Sometimes two in the morning is not the best time, you know, because you're tired to finish a, a conflict. But it's good enough to say, hey, look, tomorrow morning, let's table it for now. Let's just give it to God for now. But tomorrow morning, we're going to get back at this. And we're going to solve this problem. We're going to deal with it quickly. And we're going to deal with it in an urgent way. That's really, really important. The second thing, though, is to deal with it not just quickly, but deal with it slowly. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, that means that God is slow to anger, right? Multiple verses says God is slow to anger. In other words, he's not quick to get angry. Let me ask you a question. Are you quick to get angry? truth of the matter is some of you go from zero to 60 like that when it comes to anger. Just one little look or one little thing can just set you off and all of a sudden you were fine. The next minute you're, you're just so angry and your eyes flash and, and your tone gets hard and, and, and people are caught off guard. Is that you? Listen, the scripture says we're to be slow to anger. Listen, listen to James. James chapter 1 verse 19 says this. My dear brothers and sisters, understand everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. In other words, this isn't doing good for you. This isn't making you more righteous by, by your anger. You need to be slow to anger, to take a breath, to step back, to move into another space, to get a handle on this thing, because a quick-tempered person is not a godly, righteous person. In fact, Ecclesiastes says the opposite. Ecclesiastes 7, 9 says this, don't let your spirit rush to be angry, for angry anger abides in the heart of fools. He's saying, not only are you not righteous, man, this is a foolish thing. 
It's a foolish thing to give full vent to your anger. Now, you're going, man, Craig, you're coming down pretty hard on me. Well, let me tell you, I've had to talk to myself in the mirror about this. Man, when I was a a young boy, I had had red hair. You would never know that now. I had red hair at the time, and I had an anger to go with it. Man, I could get hot so fast. I could just torque off so fast. And I learned early on that, man, that is not godly, and that's not okay. And it's like a fire. It's going to get out of control if I don't deal with this right off the bat. Listen, it's, it, it's not okay. Listen, you don't need to sin when you're angry, Paul says, but you don't need to ignore it. You need to deal with it. What, what issues there are there, man, deal with them. Jump on top of them. Within 24 hours, deal with these issues and deal with them with, with a level head, deal with a gentle, quiet spirit, deal with them in a, a motive of love, but deal with the issues so that anger can be put out and not grow in your life. He said, don't let your anger sin turn to sin. He said, don't ignore your anger. You got 24 hours. And, and look at this last one. This is really powerful. He says, don't give your anger a place in your life. You know, some of you probably listen to this and you're going, well, Craig, you know, it's not that big a deal. All right. That's just the way I'm wired. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Italian, you know, or I'm Irish or, you know, it's just, it's just my makeup. You know, this is how I, I came from a family and this is how we talk and, you know, and we tend to, we tend to excuse our anger in lots of different ways. But the apostle Paul says, no, 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 you can't excuse it. This is serious business. And it didn't notice this. It's almost like he pulls back the curtain and lets us see What's happening behind the anger in in the spiritual world? And and how, what what is really happening here? And I want you to notice something. He says this. He says, verse 27, don't give the devil an opportunity. Another version puts it this way. Don't give the devil a foothold. Now, the word opportunity or foothold is the word topos in the Greek. And uh, the word topos means a space or a place, right? It's the same word Jesus goes to a quiet place to pray or to be by himself. It's a place. And he's saying, do not give. Listen, he's saying, don't give the devil a place in your life. Don't give him a place in your home. Listen, some of you would never really do that right? You never like have a room in your house. You go, oh, that's the devil's room, right? Uh, we're just going to let it be the devil's room. We're going to give him his space. We won't bother him, but we'll just kind of let him be. You would never do that. And yet that's exactly what you do when you allow anger to continue unchecked and uncontrolled in your life. You're giving the devil a place, Man, well, why would you give him a place in your marriage or in your friendships or with your children? Why does he have any place in your life? Don't give the devil a foothold. Don't give him an opportunity. In fact, you remember what uh, God said uh, to Cain when he said, uh, listen, uh, you got to watch out for this anger because sin is crouching at the door and he wants to have you? The same thing is true with you. Remember in 1 Peter chapter 5, just, just reminding you what it says here. 1 Peter 5, it says this. It says, your adversary is a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. 
I want you to just think about this. Think about uh, next time you have an argument in your house, just, just picture a lion just starting to walk through your living room. Picture a lion just prowling around your bedroom. Picture a lion just walking through your house. You know why that is? Because that's what he's doing. Satan is looking for an opportunity. He's circling in your anger. He's watching for ways to devour you and your family. He's doing it. Listen, when, when the arguments come and when the hated words come and when the tensity comes, Satan laughs. He's laughing. He loves it because he wants to steal away all that God wants to give you. So you got to understand, uh, Paul is pulling back the veil. He's letting you see in the spiritual realm what is actually happening in your anger. But not only that, not only does the devil have an opportunity, but check this out. Uncontrolled anger also grieves the Spirit of God and hinders his work in your life. Look at verse 30. He says, don't grieve God's Holy Spirit. You were sealed by him for the day of redemption. This week was the 25th anniversary of the Oklahoma City bombing. Liz and I showed up in Oklahoma City just a year after the bombing. We still remember where the federal building was. It, it, it was just a, a lot full of uh, trash and, and rubble at the, the time that we got there. A chain link fence was all the way around it with all kinds of little teddy bears and candles placed on it. It was a horrible situation, a horrible, evil thing that happened in that city. And I'll never forget, there was a church just right adjacent to the federal building that even after the blast continued to stand. And they erected this statue of Jesus that's probably, I don't know, 10, 15 feet tall. I just remember it being really, really tall. And the picture of Jesus was his back turned to the, to the bombing location, his face in his hands, and he was weeping. And the caption at the bottom of the statue was, Jesus wept. Listen, that's exactly what's happening when you blow up. When you blow up, when you lose it, when you flash in anger, Jesus weeps. When you let your anger to be uncontrolled, the spirit is grieved. The spirit, more the spirit that sealed you for the day of redemption, the spirit that's come into your life to change you and to make you a new person, that spirit is wincing and grieving because you're allowing Satan to fuel your anger and to destroy the people that matter most in your life. Listen, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve Christ. You say, well, Craig, I don't know what to do, man. I, I don't know how to handle this. Anger just comes up on me. I don't know how to fix it. What's my alternative? Well, let me just keep reading. Just look, Ephesians uh, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 31. He says, get this, let all bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting and slander be removed from you. Along with all malice and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as God also forgave you in Christ. Now I want you to underline the word anger and wrath. Those are the two uh, responses I talked about earlier. Anger is the word orge, which means that, that internalized anger and bitterness. Wrath is that explosive anger. He said, both those need to go. Let them be removed from you. It's in the passive tense. In other words, let God pull those out of your life. 
Listen, isn't it time that you let God remove this anger out of your life? I don't know what's fueling it. I don't know if it's something from your past, if it's just an internal frustration that you have, if it's just a, a, the devil had him in a foothold in some way, but isn't it time that you let God reach into your life and pull this anger out so that you can really be that reflection of Christ that you were meant to be? That's what he wants to do. He wants to pull that anger out of you. And he wants to replace it with compassion and kindness and get this forgiveness just as Jesus has forgiven you. Listen, you may say, well, Craig, I, I, don't, I don't really know how to do that. I don't know how to let God do that for me. I, I don't know what you're asking me to do. Let me just tell you this. You can't do it on your own. You just can't. See, the Christian life is not uh, a better version of your old self. The Christian life is not you just trying a little harder to dial it back, a little harder for you to be a little more patient, a little harder. I'm going to try a little harder to get this, you know, dialed in a little bit. That's not what I'm saying, and that's not what the Christian message is. The Apostle Paul said, because Christ has come in your life, he is now doing that work. That's why we need a Savior. That's why we need Christ to come. And that's what the whole gospel is about. When we could not change our anger, when we could not change our life, when we were steeped in sin and wandering far from God and destroying and setting on fire everything around us, Christ came and he came to show us the Father and he came to go to a cross. And listen, on that cross, all of your anger, all of your rage, all of your, the, the sinful response to these things, all of that was placed on the back of innocent Jesus and on the cross, he nailed it there. And he died, and he paid the full payment for your sin and for my sin. The Bible says that he was put in a tomb, but three days later, he came to life again. And he conquered the grave, and he conquered death, and he offers you a new life, a life fueled by resurrection power. That's why the Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. Let me ask you something. Is that happened in your life? Have you become new in Christ? Can you say, man, I remember I was a really angry person and I met Jesus and man, he just took that anger out of my life and he put, he put his spirit within me. He put kindness and compassion and forgiveness in me. I'm a, I'm a different person. Listen, that's what you need. You don't need to try harder to be better. You need to surrender to Jesus. Ask Jesus to change you completely on the inside. Listen, if you've not done that, then I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. I want you to have an opportunity right here, right now, to ask Christ to come into your life and to change you for good. So I want you to bow your heads with me right there, just wherever you're sitting, right there in your living room, at your kitchen table, where in your car, wherever you are, I want you just bow your heads. You can hear my voice. Just bow your heads. And if you want Christ to come into your life, I want you to do something. Nobody's going to see this, but God will see it. I want you to just take your hands and I want you to put them in your lap with the palms upward. And when you do that, that's just a physical demonstration of you saying, God, I'm opening up my life to you right now. I'm opening up my heart to you right now. I need you in my life. So just turn your palms upward, see it in your lap. God sees it. Now I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, 
I know that I've sinned against you. I know I've gone my own way and I know my anger is out of control. But I believe you died on a cross for me and I believe you rose again from the dead. And I'm asking you now, please forgive me. Please come into my life. Please make me a new person. Today I surrender all that I am to you. Thank you for loving me. Now just with your heads bowed, maybe you're here and you're a believer. You've given your life to Christ, but you can see how the devil has gotten a foothold in your life. That that anger comes too quick. You're not showing the restraint of the Holy Spirit in your life. You can see how the devil's prowled around in your relationships with maybe your kids, your friends, and it's turned you into somebody that you don't want to be. Then why don't you right now, with your head bowed, ask the Lord to forgive you. Just confess that you've grieved the Spirit of God within you. That you've allowed this anger to go way too long. Ask Him to change you and take this anger away from you. Father, I thank you that your word is so relevant to our hearts and our lives right now. Oh, how we need you. And I pray that God, that these words would sink into our hearts, God, and that we would truly day by day, moment by moment, to give our anger to you when it wells up to give it to you. Not to harbor it, not to let it grow and control, not to let it lead us to sin, but, but to return it to you, God, and say, God, I give you my anger. Give me your peace. I give you my anger. Give me your forgiveness. Lord, I pray that in the days ahead, as we feel these roller coaster of emotions, that God, we would give these emotions to you and we would experience your presence with us because you love us so much. Thank you for your love. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.